Hey everyone, today we will be beginning session two of Romans chapter eight. We will look at verses, let's see, I believe it's five through 15. But first, a review of the first four verses in Romans chapter eight. Not cover everything for sure, but we did learn there was no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That's the way Paul starts us out. That's a great truth. And to be condemned means that we break a law, uh, and in our case, uh, God's law, and then be found out, and then be seen as guilty. And of course, the Bible says that no creature is hidden from his side, uh, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. So that's in Hebrews 4.13. So even after Adam and Eve sinned and they tried to hide from God and then they, they covered themselves with fig leaves, they were still naked before God's eyes. They could not hide. So we talked about that. And Paul spoke of two laws. The law of sin and death, which remember Adam and Eve, were under. If they sinned, they would die. And we talked about how horrible that sin actually was of eating of the fruit. And we are all born as descendants of Adam and Eve out of fellowship with God and therefore under the law of sin and death. And we are bent towards sin. And so that's one of the laws Paul talked about. And then he said, also, there's another law, the law of the spirit of life. And let me just read that Romans 8.2, and then we'll get into today's session. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. So um, Jesus, he subjected himself to the law of sin and death on our behalf. He became sin who knew no sin so that we might have the righteousness of Christ in our life. And then Jesus rose from the grave through that same spirit of life. He's going to raise us from the grave. He raises us from our bondage to sin first through the spirit of life when we come to Christ. And one day he'll raise us up with him forever. So today Paul continues and he talks about the, the likes and the dislikes of the two different mindsets of those who live under each one of these laws. And, and many things we used to like before we came to Christ have changed, right? And we're different than we were before. Positionally, before God, He's already changed us 100%. We're 100% righteous. We're 100% His. But practically, the great potters, he's, he's still working on us. So let's begin today, and Paul is going to tell us about these two ways of thinking that people practice in, in this life. Verse 5, for those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. So these are those who are under each of these two laws we, we talked about. The law of sin and death and the law of the Spirit of life, right? So let's continue. Verse 6, for to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind... On the spirit is life and peace, for the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. For it does not submit to God's law, indeed it cannot. 
Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Uh, so is um, is Paul like saying that if we're a believer, our mind will never stray, uh, it'll never worry, it'll never fear, it'll never sin? I, no, no. I mean, this is the battleground though that we live on every day of our life. Uh, we're, we're straining forward towards the, the mindset of the spirit of life that God has already placed this seed in our heart. And so that's who we are now, but we're still living in the flesh, in a broken body, in a broken world. And, and, and God is working in us, but it is a, a battleground. 2 Corinthians 10, beginning with verse 3, Paul uh, talks about this. He says, For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. That's the battle we fight. But as we do, and we do fail, and we are reminded when we sin, if we confess our sins, he forgives us of those sins. He brings us back into a good fellowship. Yeah, we always have this relationship with him now in Christ. But sometimes we we we're still in the process of growing, right? So um, God is working on that front as well as we fight the battle. We're always getting to know him better and better as we grow in him. So um, you know, I used to hate pizza. As a child, I hated the smell of pizza. I remember one time my parents picked up a go order of pizza and brought a pizza home. And I held my, I think I held my nose, but then I rolled down the, the back window and stuck my head out the window on the way home because I could not stand it. But can you guess what my favorite, one of my favorite foods is today? It's pizza, okay? <laughs> One day I, I just looked at the pizza and this time it just seemed different. I, it looked good and I took a bite and my my taste buds just seemed to be awakened to the pizza. And the next thing you know, I even loved the smell. I don't know what happened, but still yet, I didn't like the jalapenos or the mushrooms or the onions or tomatoes. Uh, well, the tomato sauce was okay as long as I didn't know what it was. I did like the cheese and the hamburger and the sausage, and I found out that I like pepperoni, but I could still not handle a supreme pizza. And there were just so many things that I was not familiar with on it. And, and I thought, you know, how can you like love something you don't know, right? But can you guess what my favorite pizza topping is today? <laughs> it's supreme, exactly. In a similar way, God opened our eyes to see Jesus as beautiful one day, right? When we were holding our head out the window and holding our nose and our ears when we were around the things of God. Uh, but he just opened our eyes and we said, huh, he seems like good news to me. And when we delighted in Jesus, he changed us and he gave us these new taste buds and he awakened us to love him and his word. But he's not done with us, is he? He's still changing us. And so 
he wants us to set our minds on him more and more in all things. And that's where more and more joy will come to us from doing those things. Philippians 1.6 says, He who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. So God is still working on us, right? So let's uh, continue in Romans chapter 8 here. Um, For time's sake, I'll be brief with this passage, and then we'll finish up with the final passage of the session. Verses 9 through 11 says this, You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If, in fact, the Spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit is life because of righteousness. If the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit who dwells in you. So Paul's still talking about people who live under these two laws, right? <laughs> Sin and death and, or the spirit of life. And just think about this. If you know Christ, the Holy Spirit lives in you, Paul says. And that's the spirit of God, the spirit of life. And now you're really alive newborn in Jesus, and you no longer live under the law of sin and death. So if if God dwells in us, then his same unlimited power, that same power that raised Jesus from the dead, he lives in us and he gives us great joy. He, He gives us the ability to battle sin on this earth. He gives us peace. He motivates us to good works of love. And also, one day he will raise us from the dead through his indwelling spirit as Jesus was raised from the dead. So that's a marvelous thing. That's another reason why Romans 8 is so popular. It just tells us of the great uh, gift of the power of the Holy Spirit, uh, the power of God's love that he he gave to us through Jesus. In closing for today, we're going to look at um, verses 12 through 15. And Paul begins making an appeal for us to soften our hearts to to God's working in us. And this is for those who are not under the law of sin and death, but under the law of the spirit of life because of Jesus. Here's what he says in closing today. So then, brothers, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. All right, so we are debtors then. We owe our all to Jesus Christ. But but Paul's not saying that we are debtors in the sense that we could ever pay Christ back for what he's done for us, right? Like a debtor pays his debts. No, we should not be motivated to obey Christ by duty, but out of love and joy and freedom that we have received through his spirit. We're no longer under the law of sin and death. So he 
paid that for us. We are free from every debt, 100% debt free and clear. Even if it were possible, which is not, to pay Christ back for his work in us, if we did, we would have something to boast about, to brag about in ourselves. And Paul is not saying that. But he is saying that we do not owe the world or the flesh or the devil anything. We've no reason to believe Satan's promises, the world's promises, or to ever to submit to him in fear again. You know, sometimes we see children who are controlled and used and abused in, in many different ways, horrible ways. Uh, the father has, uh, may even sometimes entice uh, the child uh, uh, with reward of some type, trying to encourage them to grow accustomed to the awful things that are going on. And, and they even feel guilt for the passions that begin to develop in their life. It's a horrible, horrible thing to even think about. But at the same time, they live their lives in this constant fear, and they're afraid to tell any anyone about what's going on. And sometimes they're taken by the state and given to a godly family in, in adoption. But still, they may always be tempted to be looking over their shoulder. And as they grow up, uh, their biological father may even kind of stalk them from time to time or threaten them or, or try to use the continually using them in some fashion. It's a horrible thing when it's that extreme. But I think Paul's saying that Satan once used and abused us and he ruled over us with fear and he had us in the palm of his hand. He lured us with promises that would actually lead to our demise. But God rescued us and he adopted us in Christ. So now we don't need to live in fear or bondage or slavery to sin anymore. We are called to victory by the spirit of life. So as we read earlier, we are to take every thought captive to obey Christ. And that's that's the same idea as today's passage. Um, we read this in verses 5 and 6. Those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. And in verse 6, to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. Um, let's pray together. Father God, you're awesome, Lord. Um, thank you for your word. Thank you for Christian fellowship. Um, thank you for the Holy Spirit, the, the Spirit of life that is at work in us. Thank you for showing us that you are beautiful and, and awakening our taste buds to love you. And please continue to do that more and more. Thank you for not abandoning us um, and help us to savor your word and, um, and to not fear the world or be brought under its subjection any longer. Because you've shown us that you're the greatest treasure in the universe. And we just thank you for that. Help us to live our lives with great, extreme joy and faith in you, Father. And love for our neighbor that the world may know that you are God and might see you as beautiful as well. In Jesus' name, amen.